Pickaxe. Hello, and welcome to the Review of Death podcast, or the Rod Pod. The Rod Pod. We worked out the other day. T-shirts coming soon. Um, yes, welcome to our new home. If you're watching on YouTube, hello. If you're listening to us on the various different things that you stick in your ears to listen to podcasts, then hello. Uh, you can Glad you to said us. listen to podcasts rather than... Any. Watch them. Yeah. <laughs> Watch well, the podcast. You can do them. You can do that. Yeah. You're doing uh, it right now. You are. Yeah. So, yes, this is our new home. Yeah. Uh, we are going to be doing this fortnightly, which is very exciting. That means you get more of us than you ever had before, uh, which may be a bad thing. I don't know. You might get sick of us. We know. might get sick of each other. We it might hasn't do. happened yet. No. But you never know. I mean, we've had a year where we haven't really recorded anything. So this yeah. is... Yeah. And this is, I guess, is the kind of ultimate benefit of doing the podcast yes. is that um, the idea sort of going forward is that you get more of us more regularly, more which is buck. always good, more bang for your buck. Yeah. Pay us and then it will be bang for your buck. Yeah. Um, and also in terms of formatting and what we're hoping to do with it. So regular kind of review of deathy type episodes where yeah. we review episodes that you guys will vote for on the review of death Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um Twin Dilemma won the first one, so that will yes. be the first proper episode <laughs> cool. of the Review of Death. I think that's one people have asked us to do before. Yeah, I think I think so. So that's probably a long overdue one. Yeah. anyway. there are like twenty long overdue videos There's for us to do. So we'll get around to them. Don't worry, we yeah. can do it now. You we know, can. we can do it, and that will be kind of fortnightly. I think is the idea. Yes. Um, and then once a new series of Doctor Who starts going out on television. Yeah. The idea is to then turn it into a weekly podcast so you get, just for that eight to 13 weeks or six or whatever, <laughs> whatever ends up happening with Doctor it Who. It could be cancelled by that point. I've, I lo- I've got the press statement from what we're going to talk about in the kind of second half of, of, of the podcast today. And uh, event serial is a phrase I've never heard used before, Ooh. but it was used in the press release. I guess that is stuff like line of duty and I think uh, they're the trying bodyguard. To, they're trying to really... It's more of a... Of a, of a it is a bigger thing than it actually is. It's an event. It's, yeah, an, it's event. an event. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and 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 we'll we'll hopefully be able to give you sort of instant reactions the night of. Yeah, so, r- rather than waiting for us to come along, what like um, uh, right at the end of the series yeah, like and try and later. cram everything into like a two three hour video, which um, we've done amazingly before. I don't know how we've got around to no, it. No, I don't know, but people people liked it. But it'd be good to actually get into the nitty gritty of episodes properly because I always find that when I go back and edit those videos I'm always like oh we didn't talk about that or people say in the comments oh I wish you'd have spoken about that and I'm like it's because we're so tired (laughs) our brains are literally leaking out of our ears I mean what was it series 10 that we did in the dark (laughs) because oh god we were outside yeah Yeah. and mum was like should I bring a light out for you and she brought like a lamp out and shone it in our faces I think in the thumbnail for that I put like a wood burning fire or something in front of us yeah um so yeah that's the idea for the review of death going forward anyway look at us now <laughs> look at us now we're so excited to be doing this it really yeah. is it's been a long time coming ever since about this for a while doctor who on twitch basically that sort of kicked it off didn't yeah really? so if you recognize the walls he's he's done the color scheme exactly as it was for doctor who on twitch people which i nicked from more than 30 years in the tardis exactly so, yeah. and uh you know being here in this cushy space is nice because we've got co-hosts because there's flies in the room which yeah. i wasn't expecting billy's really enjoying the uh, filtered tap water it's 
it's bloody marvellous. He went back for seconds. I'm going to get used to this. Yeah. We might have to have like a break in half an hour before we get onto the meat the of the topic. <laughs> and I'll get another another bottle of it. So look, you know, we, we, we did manage to do some content last year. We did, yeah. We did manage to discuss, for example, the Faceless Ones yeah. that came out. And God, was that last year? That Craggy. was last it feels year. like an eon ago. All the kind of Google Hangout things that we yeah. used to do when I was at university, they came back for a bit. They did. And hopefully... They will stay in the past <laughs> and we'll be able to do this going forward. But I thought I'd run through a couple of kind of important things that happened last yeah. year that we didn't get around Remind to Remind me. About. I've and forgotten all about Doctor let's, Who. Let's do it. Year. This might be exciting. So Series 13. Yeah. Obviously coming out later this year. Production for that began last November. Um, and that started at uh, uh, Rothlock Studios. Rothlock? Rothlock. Rothlock, whatever. I think. I'm half Welsh. I'm ashamed of myself. And the teaser trailer, trailer obviously dropped. San Diego Comic Con. That was only a couple of weeks ago. 25th of July. Yeah. That's why I make these notes. I've got five pages of notes here. Matt's like, I've just got like a notes just, app on I've my phone. I've just got it on my phone. And, and, and that, the funny thing is, I thought, oh, he's going to come Colour coded. I thought he'll and, have it on his phone. You know, he's going to be like, oh, we'll just all be like really compact This is our stuff. break. Look at look! You, we're in a you look, studio like, space. I guarantee. You, next time we come back to doing this, you're going to have like a folder. Yeah, a, a folder. Um, Mighty tome. And then uh, notable releases for like last year and beginning of this year. Um, collection set, set season twenty six. Yeah, that um, wasn't last year, was it? That was that was January of last year. Bloody hell! Yeah, uh, the faceless ones reconstruction that was March of last year. Collection season fourteen was last year. Oh my god! Which is nuts it feels uh, like so long ago Power of the Dalek special edition that was July of last year oh I didn't get that I didn't did bother. you not get that no I did did you I did I I mean I would literally have to sync them up and watch them side by side to, to tell see the what the difference oh, really? was but it was nice to have because the artwork's nice I just it. thought oh it's going to come out on the eventual season three four, yeah, set. four. yeah yeah probably but yeah. then that's the trap we doctor who fans always fall into yeah. did you really think that the vanilla releases of series one when that came out in 2005 or six yeah. was going to be the only time yeah. that would ever come out we, on dvd you know we bought those yeah for first three series i think mm. before we just realized ah, uh, you know just wait for we'll the thing to come out i think i got them i got all of series one i got most of series two None of series three. And then I think I got the finale for series four. Okay. And then I cottoned on. <laughs> this is a scam. Um, uh, Fury from the Deep Reconstruction. That was September of last year. We of talked course, about yeah. that. Out of the two recons, the fresh recons from last year, which would you say was sort of number one? I'm very aware I'm knocking this microphone. So um, um, my microphone etiquette will improve. Apologies. Yes. We're not used to having big things stuck in our faces. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Oh, um, Ew, what was the better one? I preferred the faceless ones. Did you? I think so. Yeah. I think story-wise and animation on the whole, I think I preferred Fury from the Deep. I think I preferred Fury from the Deep as a story. Mm. I think I preferred the animation style for the faceless ones just because it was more it was closer to Macra and it felt like there was a bit of continuity there and I, I just I haven't finished Macra. Have you not? It's only no. four episodes. Come on. Oh. <laughs> I, I can't I can't some episodes I just have a mental block with. Mark of the Rani. Really? Watched it once, I think, in my life. My God. I know, oh, it's dreadful. Well, I know. You're in a good place for this podcast. If cause... you vote for that on the next one, I will be really angry. Um, <laughs> the next release uh, was, we had to wait until March of this year, with the exception of sort of series 12 yeah. on Blu-ray or whatever, and, and some of the Steelbook re-releases. Yeah, of course. Um, collection set season eight. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, June of this year, we got uh, season 24. I still haven't finished that yet. I know, no, I'm still working my way through bad it. Bad fan, I know. But, well, well um, we've got a, we've got a spare space here, Jonathan. So when you're yes. ready to join us, 
we have to do season 24 at some <laughs> he point. He said to me last night, he said, why am I not on this podcast? You and that bloody mate, he's not even blood. <laughs> do you know what? Wow. Well, I mean, there was a sword in the studio. We could fight to there the death if you want, Johnny. Of course, massive news and massive information and massive content that dropped, which we have wanted to talk about a lot. Is there something else, Matthew? Yeah. You've missed... Uh, there's there's an, an announcement that you've missed from the, the DVD releases. When we were talking about Power of the Daleks, I was about to say, I've got a dirty confession to make. What was that? There's The Web of Fear is coming out. It's not out yet. No. And I will ignore it when it... No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but I was yeah. going to say, I, I've, I've, not, I've, I've, I've not pre-ordered it. I haven't pre-ordered it either. Uh, Christopher, <laughs> Christopher Eccleston came back to Doctor Who. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. In Ravages. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was exciting. Uh, and then Time Lord Victorious... Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Time Fracture. That was obviously the kind of... You've done that. I've You've... done that. And I will go back to do it again. Yeah. And Matthew will come with me. We're going to do and, it. Um, I think Johnny's going to come as well. Johnny I think he saw well. the Chief Clown and he was like, well, that's pretty good. I didn't see the Chief Clown when I went. No. no. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. Oh, shit. There's, there's promo <laughs> things. Well, that's what there. I mean. I mean, that's the only way you would, we, anyone would see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fine. But yeah, Don't so those Time Lord Victorious, really quickly, what did you think of it? Well, how much of it did you consume, actually? <laughs> how much of it did I consume? Well, <laughs> it's a content pipeline, all that kind of buzzword. Oh, I, it, I guarantee those buzzwords were used were in you, that meeting. Yeah, and, the, oh, I mean, I was really excited with the announcement. I thought, this is a really different thing. This seems really cool, you mm. know, connecting different medias together. Um, I read the comic. That was good. I listened to the first oh, yeah. two Paul McGann audios, and the third one has been sitting on the shelf. Well, it's not on the shelf anymore. It's in a box somewhere. Mm. Um, just unlistened to, because uh, I discovered that you have to read the novels in between, and I just I just didn't really feel the urge to go out and get the books. Mm. I, I will do it eventually. Yeah, when they're all Mark Dian yeah. kind of thing. Uh, that, that makes sense, I think, because... With the COVID pandemic, and then obviously with Time Fracture being delayed, and that was a big part of the yeah. story, allegedly. <laughs> Honestly, I, there was nothing in there that I was like... Brian the Ude's in it. Brian the Ude is in it. And and you actually... No. I, 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 I can't spoil it. That's such a tenuous link. That's like saying, I don't know, the Five Doctors is linked to Earthshock because the Cyber Leader's in it. Or indeed, the, the Greatest Show in the Galaxy is linked, <laughs> linked to it. To it. Um, yeah, it's linked to Time Lord Victorious. I've, I've consumed a bit more of it than you, because yeah. I read both books. Please don't say consumed. <laughs> um, it just sounds so corporate and horrible. I'm so sorry. But it, I, I don't know. I can't use any other terminology for it than that. And that's I've, not like a damnation of it or the people behind it. You, I just it, It's just so much of it to consume, yeah. because it's a big monolithic And there was like thing. other stuff, wasn't there? There was like bloody... Um, stuff read by Jacob Dudman and then there was an LP yeah with, and, then the, um, and then that kept getting delayed because of that, Asda has that even come out yet? Echoes of Extinction was that I think it, it has called? I think okay. that has come out um, oh and, yeah so I've, yeah I haven't got that there was one with Arthur Tom Darville's Baker in that, isn't he? yes and he's right. not playing Rory he's not playing Rory that's weird I remember uh, when it was announced I was like why would you do yeah. that? yeah there must be someone else that you could have got to play that part maybe not I'm not. I'm not saying nasty things about Arthur Darvill. No, there, no, no, not like, at all. But it just seems weird that why would you cast some a companion? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. It's Commander Maxill all over again. It is, isn't it? I I liked it. I liked it for what it was. I think I warmed to it the more that it went on. Right. Because when it first came out, I was quite 
I don't know what the right word to use is, but I, I wasn't enamored with it. Yeah. And I think a lot of that was down to how are people who don't live in the UK going to consume it? Because they can't go to the live event. Yeah. If you can't afford to buy everything, you're not going to get yeah. the full picture. And then I think there were some things like extending it to buying that glow-in-the-dark brand <laughs> yeah. new t-shirt as part of the story. And I was like, is it? Is it really though? Some nice stuff did come out of it. And I thought if that's entirely unrelated from the story, yeah. it's nicer to have it. So like those Dalek mini figurines those were nice um they had a a lot of time lord victorious merch on sale that was that really annoyed me you know all the merch it was like oh get a time lord victorious coaster and it's like well this is this is part of the story bit of filler fluff you know i don't want to blu-ray the blu-ray was a point of contention i think for a lot of people yeah some people got pissy about that because i think that had a short story in a booklet as well. Did it? I, it was like that deep. Oh my God. And I commend them for doing that. And there was also... Really? There was also a thing on the website, wasn't there? You had to... This, it started on the website. You had to... Because there it was It was a newsletter that came out with a short story, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember the name of the the monster. What was the new monster? The, uh, the, the, yeah, something like that. Something like yeah. that. But I mean, they were cool. And of course, um, you know, our, uh, our friend Sophie, Sophie Isles, she uh, wrote... Master Thief. Master Thief. And then it was Simon Gurria, wasn't it? Wrote the other master story. Yeah. Um, if that was indeed Sophie's title of her story, was it Master Thief? Was yes, hers? I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, those were really good. It, and it was also, you know, John Corshaw doing yeah. both masters uh, incredibly well. Mm. So I, I, that was the first thing I listened to. So I was quite pumped after that. I was like, yeah. oh, this is this is a good start. And then that that bloody Paul McGann one in the Wild West. I was just like... That was my favourite out of the two that I listened to, actually. Really? I mean, I, I didn't love it, but it was my favourite out of the two that I listened to, I think. Did you listen to the second Dar- yes, Dalek one? Yes, the okay. one with the Daleks. There's that temple they're trying to get into. Possibly, I can't remember. Something like that. I um, quite like the Dalek one. I thought the Dalek one was good. Whether yeah. he's, they're sort of working together. Yeah, yeah. That one, yeah, that one was good as well. I, I just feel like I got more of the, this is a crazy big story thing. Really? And like we're going to all different corners of the universe. Okay. I, 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 yeah, I think it lost a lot of steam. Yeah. Um, and I think that the momentum died for it really when the Echoes of Extinction thing kept getting delayed. And it was like, this is the problem with doing things like that. And of all the years to have done it as well, like it must have been gutting to go like, okay, this is not going to be normal anyway. No. But um, I commend them for doing it and I'm excited to see them do it again. I would love to see another one like that. I I think it was a really good idea. I think they just did too much. Mm. I think if they'd have just said, okay, we're going to do a couple of audios, a couple of books, the comic. Yeah. I think that would have been fine Mm. because that would have been far more digestible. I think then when you start saying, oh, okay, now we've got another CD with Tom Baker. Oh, okay. And now we've got this oh, other yeah, thing. The, the, with... the Dalek. Yeah, apparently that was really good. Genetics of the Dalek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've not heard it. But apparently yeah. that was good. So okay. I, might, I might pick that up. But, um, yeah. Well, yeah, that was kind of last year in a bit of a nutshell, really. Yeah. Um, one thing, I mean, I don't know, were you expecting it? Um, should we just move on to the, the meat of it? Because we've got a lot to cover. Uh, yeah, we probably should, shouldn't we, really? So, amazing, actually, looking at it here. 25th of July, the teaser trailer drops with the San Diego panel. Yeah. 29th of July, the BBC put out an official press statement. Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker to leave Doctor Who in a trio of specials, culminating in an epic blockbuster special to air in autumn 2021 as part of the BBC centenary celebrations. 
Are you all right? Is that, did you, I, I thought I heard you get a little bit choked up there. <clears throat> I, guess I need another sip of this beautiful filtered <laughs> beautiful water. Beautiful water. That's the, that's the rainwater that came flooding through the roof. So, through the filtration I mean, this, this almost didn't happen today because yeah, there was a yeah. flood at Yogg's Towers. <laughs> that was a close, closely cut thing. Um, so yeah, Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall mm. are both leaving Doctor Who. Jonathan did ask. He said, did, "Has has Billy has Billy stopped crying about this?" I, do you know, I I was I was disappointed. I you, were, you were disappointed. But I was, we knew it was coming. We, it was so. It, well, I mean, it always has to. Come. It happens eventually. Yeah, it always happens. My initial reaction was kind of muted disappointment, and I was a bit more disappointed in the fact that it was just like a kind of, oh, there we go. Yeah. And I kind of walked in and told Stell um, and said, you know, oh, there we go. Jodie's leaving. And I know it had been on the cards for a while. Um, I'd been told before that, like, expect an announcement, like, imminently. Yeah. And it was like, well, it didn't happen. And then months actually passed by. Mm. Then that article came out that supposedly leaked that she was leaving. Yeah. And I talked to people and they were like, I'm t- honestly surprised that they haven't just come out and said it's happening yeah, by yeah, this yeah. point. And then, yeah, months of months went by. I think that was like in February or so. Was it, it was early really this year, early wasn't it? In the year, yeah. And then, um, yeah, it, it got announced. It's a two-pronged sort of reaction. I think half of me is devastated because I really love Jodie's Doctor mm-hmm. and I love the Thirteenth Doctor. And as a whole, as an aesthetic, if you were kind of to take this era as a whole, I've really enjoyed it. Right. But then the other half of me was like, oh, but I, you know, I could give or take Chris Chibnall staying or leaving. I, yeah. I, I like. A lot of what he's done. Okay. And just in terms of even just being building blocks, the foundations for the series. Yeah. You know, he's even said, I think in quotes, that first year was a foundational year and they'd build on it. Mm-hmm. He says in this, which I'm surprised more people didn't pick out sort of the night that it got announced, but I sort of wasn't looking at my phone. Jodie and I made a three series in out packed. Yeah. Which really surprised me mm. and irritated me because it's still this three series thing. Patrick Tratton said it once yeah. as a throwaway comment to Peter Davison in the car park in the car in the car park or television center, and now everybody subscribes to it. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's the same thing now with streaming services like Netflix versus linear viewing, like on you know the yeah. BBC. Just do it for as long as your character needs to do it. Yeah, if you if you need to stay for one year, if you want to do a Christopher Eccleston, bit disappointing. Yeah. Flash in the pan sort of doctor. Yeah. Um, obviously not because Chris has come back and, and it was and it still is fantastic. Mm. See what I did there? But I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit gutted. It's, it's interesting that three year thing. Um, and I imagine there's probably more to it than perhaps we are privy to. I, I was going to go on to talk about because that. Because obviously when the big changeover from Stephen Moffat to Chibnall and obviously Peter to Jodie mm. came about. Obviously, it was a massive big deal, not just because of casting Jodie, but it was going to be a complete slate clean for Doctor Who. And one of the big things was that with the rebrand and everything was that, oh, this is part of a five-year plan. So then it's interesting that we now hear, oh, yeah, we agreed to do three series and go. Now, I guess technically, if you think about it, well, they have done almost five years, or it will probably be about five years by the time... Jodie does go next year, but obviously that was never initially what was in the pipeline. Well, I mean, COVID has obviously put pay to a lot of, a yeah. lot of those plans. So I've, I've, I've written down here, seems obvious to me the idea was for Jodie to leave at the end of Series 13. Do you reckon? Or at least in the New Year special yeah. for Series 13. Okay. And 
they had to reduce the number of episodes to yeah. do for series 13. I think ideally they probably would have done another, another 10. Mm. So the BBC have said, well, look, we'll give you a couple more specials yeah. if you want. Or however many specials they've said they've added on as part of the centenary so celebrations. I think it's one, isn't it? It's nine so it's, episodes. Yeah, yeah. But that was interesting because obviously, you know, when it was announced that filming was going to start off again last year with COVID stuff going on, you know, they were like, oh, we're doing eight episodes Obviously, at that point, we weren't aware that it was going to be actually it's six episodes and then two and specials. Then two specials, yeah. and now, of course, we've got this feature-length special. I, I think that's been given to them as a sort of that we're sorry that things didn't go to plan yeah. with what you probably wanted to do with this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it probably was going to be eight episode an eight episode series. Yeah, and they thought, well, how many episodes can we theoretically get done at the worst point of the pandemic? Yeah, like if if we go back to you know, I mean, we've had multiple peaks, but if we go to the top of the worst peak, yeah. realistically, how much can we do? And yeah. if that was sustained over a long period of time, I feel like that's probably how they've worked it out anyway. And I guess for the BBC, from their point of view, obviously the 60th will be 2023. That's when we assume our new Doctor will have their first series. It probably looks better on paper to go, oh, you know, this programme has been running for 60 years and... It's still going strong because we've got a brand new doctor, brand new showrunner. We're just about to kick off a whole new era of Great the program. Great advertising. Yeah. Rather than just, oh, yeah, it's this lot from the last couple of years back again. I mean, they did that for the 50th yeah. with Stephen Moffat doing the whole, it's a brand new <laughs> yes, yeah. epic adventure. The doctor's got a new mission to go yeah, on yeah. to find Gallifrey. Yeah. And how, how long did that last, you know? <laughs> so what was your reaction? Because, I mean... I think we're a good example of two yeah. people who have not entirely like different views on the show. No. Like we're not arguing over the morals of the program or no, anything like no, that. No. But you're a lot more lukewarm in it than I yeah. have been. Um I mean, I sort of saw it and thought, Oh I was surprised and I think I was more surprised because we'd had the the panel at San Diego Comic Con the week before. And I was really disappointed with that. Mm. And I know some people were quite excited. I don't know what you're... I mean, I, I didn't expect anything from it. See, this is the thing. And I, I, I do this every time. I went in thinking, oh, we'll get something good. Mm. Because there's quite a lot to talk about. And we didn't get any of it. Like, we didn't even get the... Certain monsters didn't get mentioned. Bloody Stephen Moffat spoiled I, I know, his own monster, I know. Which made me laugh so much. I was just like, this is amazing. Well, like, I mean, if they'd done the panel afterwards yeah and they still haven't mentioned it it'd have been like come on that would have been ridiculous this is denial that would have this been point. ridiculous i'd like to think that somewhere Stephen moffat was like oh, i didn't even didn't even announce my not my monsters are coming back my award-winning monsters <laughs> I, I think he is so <laughs> mentally so far away from that program do you think that yeah. he probably assumes that it's it, that he's come out yeah he probably did he was like well back in my day we would have just yeah we wouldn't have made any bones about it yeah we would have made a big thing like they're coming back and, you know, they haven't been in it for a long time. I, like, my brother was like, oh, not them. I said, they haven't been in it for years. They haven't been in it since, like, properly since... Class. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that doesn't count. Um, <laughs> we forget that rubbish. Um, no. Uh, Vote for class is the next review for us to do for Review oh, of Oh, no way. You would have to lock me in a room and tie me to a chair and stick matchsticks in my eyes. We've got a room. Oh, Christ, We've yeah. got some chairs. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so I mean, they haven't been in a in a in a prop in a proper Doctor Who story uh, <laughs> since uh, the one with the Statue of Liberty. What was that? Yeah, one? yeah, Angels Take Manhattan. Yeah, the Suicide Pact of Rory and Amy. Uh, but we have had um, them appearing in Hellbent. Did they? Yeah, they're in the, the oh crypt. yeah. Oh crikey! Every, and, everything appeared in in those later series with Capaldi. Can you think of when they've come back recently? Uh, I know they were in that game with Jodie Whittaker. Can Does you, that count? Can Is that you, canon? Can you think of when they've come back recently? No. Oh, you look, Whoa! When did they come back? Not come back, come back. Can you think of a cameo they've made in recent times? No. Revolution <laughs> of the Daleks. Were they? In the prison cell next to Jodie? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Can... I love this era, clearly, because <laughs> fuck me. Excuse me, I've done another swear. Um, j- j- yeah, it, okay. That's a really good, you know, once upon a time, I'd have been like, it's this episode. I know. But now I'm just like... But does that, do you think that your your reaction to it, I mean, I'm not trying to say that your opinion towards the show, if it's negative, mm. doesn't factor into you feeling a bit muted about it. But do you think we have reached that stage now as fans where that stuff doesn't cut quite as deep? I think so. Yeah. I definitely think so for me. You know, because I think when I look back on my life as a fan and, you know, back when it came back in 2005, I, I just wanted to know everything about this new series. You know, I needed to know every last slither of information needed to be in my brain. And then as time has gone on, I've just gone... You know, ah, well, if uh, so long as I know that there were Ogrons in Frontier in Space, <laughs> that's, 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 all sure. I, that, that's all that matters to me. I think that we have reached the point now as fans where it would take a lot for us to have that same kind of, even a positive bit of news. It would have, it would take a lot for us to have that kind of childlike reaction. Can you um, think of something now re- that, is, that is realistic, not... Tom Baker has de-aged and is coming back. I was just about to say that. Or like, William Hartnell's been brought back from exactly. the dead. He's, he's had a Walt Disney and he's just been cryogenically frozen this whole time yeah. and they've thawed him out. God, imagine... Oh, it's not... It's not <laughs> what, let's not put a microphone on William Hartnell if he comes out and walks around in 21st century Earth. It would have to be something related to classic Who. It'd have to be like something like Paul McGann coming back to do yeah. something. Can you think of anything that's kind of happened post-2005, like somebody coming back or... that that. You know, somebody from that canon of the show. Not that they're separate. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a few things. I mean, like Sarah Jane Smith, that was incredibly exciting. I mean, so much of that, those first years were monumentally exciting because, you know, it was Doctor Who was back. So mm. anything coming back, Cybermen, Daleks, Sarah Jane, Santarans, you know. But would, like, Matt Smith is back for the 60th anniversary. Oh, that wouldn't bother me at all. You, you wouldn't have even a semi about that. <laughs> <laughs> No. No, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'd go, huh. Uh, w- would, um, I'm not equating a, any kind of sexual reaction to this at all. Would like Joe Martin coming back be like more of like a, oh, that's interesting over Matt Smith. I don't know, really. That's no reflection on either of them. No, but, I like, don't know. I was, I was sort of thinking this. I think if it was something like Christopher Eccleston has decided to do the 60th, that would be like, my God, you mm. know, that is incredible. You know, mm. we never thought he would come back to do the part visually yeah I think if it was something like Peter Capaldi was going to come back that would also be quite exciting because obviously I loved Peter and I thought that he desperately deserved another year just to round everything off because he'd found his feet 
and he's been so vocal about not wanting to come back. But I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, if it was something like David Tennant's coming back, it's like, well, crikey, David Tennant's Doctor is in, like, everything with the 13th Doctor. It's like, those two are just, like... Do we want to talk about that? Because that's something that's frustrated me over the last, sort of, 12 months. Definitely. Months. And, and, and uh, I think this is... This is a real issue with this era, and I don't know if this is a Chibnall thing or if this is a BBC Studios thing, but one of the big bugbears I have, and God bless Jodie, she's lovely, but she always introduces herself as, I'm the 13th Doctor, and that irritates me. I'm like, no, you're not the 13th Doctor. I didn't think that was where that intro was going to go. You're the Doctor. That really bugs me. And, it, and it's, it's happened so many times. I'm like, no, 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 don't. don't the, the thing don't, that annoys just... me more about that is that the way they type out 13th in the press release. They don't oh, really? use the numbers. They use 13th, the word. Oh, really? How grim does that look on yeah. bloody promo stuff? It's just like, no, no, no. You're, you know, I can't remember David Tennant ever coming along and being like, I'm the 10th Doctor. It's like, no, you were just the Doctor. Hmm. And the same with like Capaldi. I don't think Capaldi was ever like, I'm the 12th Doctor. Maybe he might have said, you know, in relation to other Doctors, but not to introduce himself... What frustrates you more, though, is it a hesitancy? Because for me, where I thought you were going to go with that was that they just don't seem to have the balls to just stick her on merchandise. Now, whether or not that's because they've looked at the figures Mm. and they've gone, actually, stuff with David sells Sells more, more. which it probably is the case. Yeah. And that's, again, no reflection on Jodie whatsoever. But... That's dep- that's really sad. Like, yeah. have the confidence, back your horse. Yeah. And I'm really disappointed as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read something here. I, yeah. My notes are going to come in useful. Um, this is from the BBC. Mm-hmm. This is BBC News covering the news that Jodie's leaving. Yeah. The 13th Doctor's first episode in October 2018 was watched by 11.5 million viewers. Let's never forget that. That yeah. is, you know, an astounding feat for the production. Uh, in the sci-fi drama's biggest audience for almost a decade. It was also the biggest show of that week ahead of Strictly Come Dancing and The Great British Bake Off. But the show's ratings have dropped in recent years. I'm not bashing the BBC for including that. Yeah. I've got quotes from The Guardian and The Telegraph that have both mentioned that. Right. Um, while many have praised Whittaker's casting, some fans and critics have criticised the show's recent narrative direction. The Telegraph described recent episodes as flat, worthy and woke, despite Whittaker's talent as an actress, while The Sun reported viewers were left furious by the show's unbearable political correctness. Zero rebuttal no. from the BBC on that. Nobody stepping forward with a quote. Yeah. Can you remember when the dark water thing happened and people yeah. got up in arms about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, Now, we're not going to get wildly political on this podcast because no. we, it'd be like talking to a mirror pretty yeah. much yeah, in yeah. terms of our political kind of yeah, beliefs and totally. stuff. Shame on you yeah. All, is all I can say. I, I mean, I'm just dis- really disappointed by that reaction. I can get an, an independent, you know, journalist or somebody from The, from the Guardian writing... I mean, actually, they were quite funny with it. Uh, the change to a female doctor caused the rating surge when Whittaker first appeared, but also upset a vocal minority of fans. Let's always remember... It's a vocal minority of fans yeah. uh, who objected to the time-travelling, face-changing alien having a different gender. Yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. You know, and, and that isn't just a case of, I prefer the politics in that statement to the politics no. in the other one. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Telegraph, politically correct. This, this, this was mad to me. Some complaints about politically correct storylines about Rosa Parks, the partition of India and the witch trials. Who complained about the witch Who's trials? Who's complaining like, about about the, that? 
That was the, one of the better ones of that series. It was great. <laughs> it was, it was a, a great story. And I mean, I love Rosa as well. Rosa but was excellent. Politically correct stories like Rosa. I know yeah. people have got problems with that. And I think some people, you know, I mean, I, I can't, I don't know if I, how much I can comment on, on it. I know. I saw something the other day and uh, yeah, without going into it too much, it was like, you know, as someone who isn't really massively into this particular era, I was like, oh, for God's sake, give him a break. Do you know what I mean? It was like, you are literally picking faults. It was trying to do something good, you know, and I think it did it incredibly successfully. And then someone comes along and goes, oh, but they didn't do it like this. And that means it's bad. Uh, shut up. I, I, just, I, just, I will say. Doctor Who, for Christ's sake. I will say, know. I know that <laughs> I know that people like to paint it as like a, there's a black and white divide yeah, yeah. between people who believe that Doctor yeah. Who is Tom Baker and people that are Jodie bots and all that kind of stuff and their opinion doesn't matter. But there are shades of grey in all of it. Yeah. And I think there are the fans on, you know, that would agree with us politically, yeah. that would agree that, you know, the show has always been yeah. politically aware and socially aware and comments and should yeah. comment on that stuff. But... Shut up. Just give it, you know. I, 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 need, I need to look more into that because, yeah. I mean, sure, if there is something that's... I mean, like, there's, there's somebody that might come up in conversation later that uh, I've discovered recently people have a problem with. Yeah. Um, it just felt... It feels like, at the end of the day, it's never going to get... Nothing is ever going to get every, everything exactly right to please everybody. But I think we need to commend the programme for doing something... Yeah. You know, it, it tackled a very serious issue head on and wasn't afraid to do so. You know, I think that should be commended, not then go, oh, no, you didn't do this. I think I think the thing people need to be complaining about is that the first person of colour to write for the programme yeah. had an and Chris Chibnall yeah, on the writing credit. Yeah, that's more of an issue. I think that's more of a problem, yeah. personally. But, you know, uh, we could go on yeah. forever about that. Um, the Partition of India politically correct woke storyline i know it's mad isn't it what are you talking about it's that was like the most sensitively handled episode of doctor who i think i've ever seen in terms of tackling yeah. something like that really yeah and i i i i've got that story's got its issues but overall but that you're talking like structurally structurally yeah whatever, but yeah. you know as tackling the subject matter again i thought it did it incredibly well it was something that i didn't have a clue about I learned something mm. watching that episode. People learn stuff. My, you know, I, I know um, some people whose parents didn't know about Rosa Parks, Rosa Parks yeah. and the Montgomery bus boycotts. And yeah, yeah, think, yeah. I didn't have a clue. And I think that's it. You know, I think, you know, I, I think it's easy for us as like uber nerd fans to be like, well, you know, that's how it always used to be in the 60s. You know, you'd watch an episode of Doctor Who and you'd learn a bit of something. And obviously the programme has evolved and changed. And, you know, and I commend Chibnall for going back to that. Because one of the things we always said doing these videos is, wouldn't it be nice for them to do a pure historical? And of, you know, these stories aren't pure historicals, mm. but they're historical enough that we've learnt something that we otherwise were not aware of. I agree. And I think that when people were talking about pure historicals in the lead up, yeah. before we even knew that that was going to form yeah. a quite important part of every series yeah. um, that's that, that's gone out so far. The trouble was always, well, how do you do mm. Rosa Parks? Yeah. But it has to be Doctor Who. You yeah. still have to have the aliens in it for the kids. You yeah. still have to have the runaround chases and all that kind of stuff. And I think that um, Vinay Patel writing Demons of the Punjab yeah. absolutely nails it yeah. because, yeah, there are aliens in it, but they're not baddies no you're actually seeing the real evil yes. and yeah. the actual horror yeah. of it all 
but it's not from space. Yeah. Actually, the, the things that have come from space are benevolent. Yeah. You know, and they're there to... They're like priests or... Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. something like that. And I think that was that was like the theme, wasn't it, for series 11, was that, you know, humans are, are the real monsters sort of thing, um, which is commendable. I don't think it was necessarily... You know, I felt like they sort of backed that horse a little too much. I think they needed a few more stories where we had traditional Doctor Who fighting monsters stories, which I don't think we really got that season. But I also think that with stuff like the partition of India, you know, is it just a section of the audience are like, oh, well, that's not my history. Yeah. And that's the, but, that's but, the but, that, but that's, There's only so many times we can go to bloody World <clears throat> War Two. But that, and, that's the, that's the thing, and, and it's it's always framed as I don't want to be taught things. Yes. I don't want to be preached that. Yeah. And I don't know. Did you just not learn enough? Yeah. Like this is an opportunity. Yeah. Don't throw it away. Like I said, you know, I know a bunch of people who have said their parents or people in their family mm. didn't know about the bus boycotts yeah. and Rosa Parks and they actually learned something from it. And I don't think that's Doctor Who white knighting. No, not at all. I don't think that's Doctor Who virtue signalling no. or being woke. I think that's them telling the story they want to tell. Yeah. It just so happens that it's within a framework of Doctor Who and that's fine. Like Doctor Who is many things to many different people. Yeah. And if you don't like it one week... Tune in the next week. Yeah, you might get something else, yeah. If you notice, I've watched this for six weeks and I don't like anything about it, turn it off. Mm. You know, go and watch The Ark in Space. Yeah. Go and watch something that's more your flavour of Doctor Who. Yeah. That must suck for you. Yeah. That your favourite programme is on air, again, they're churning out episodes, it's a multi-million pound production, there's a lot of love and care in it, and you don't like it. Yeah. And it's your favourite thing. That really sucks. Yeah. And I mean, I can... I can. But that's a you problem. Exactly. That's a you problem. You know, and I can sort of... I can sort of understand that because I kind of felt a little bit like that during Series 11. Not, like, massively. But, mm. you know, I did sort of feel like... Mm. But, again, it comes down to this age-old thing, what we were saying earlier on. You know, I am at an age now where I can just go, well, I didn't enjoy that. I don't necessarily have to get on my soapbox and rant about it like I did when I was a teenager because I've got an older head on my shoulders. Oh my God. I've got years, I've got life experience and I know that, where does that get you? Nowhere. Just like you said, I'll just go and put Pyramids of Mars on or I'll go and watch something else. Just a hot dog and grandstand about ourselves for a bit. I think that this actually, and the conversation we're having, mm. is a is quite an indication of how far we've come along in terms of our oh, yeah. discourse. If I see that used on Doctor Who Twitter <laughs> anymore, I'm going to throw my phone at someone. We have gone from a you know a certain level of animosity. I yeah. think we would say that's oh, yeah. been directed towards the show on our yeah, on yeah, our part yeah. before, and we've probably spoken out of turn about the program in the past. Yes, yeah. Um, that's never been something that we've kind of like tried to throw at an individual. You know, yeah, it's your fault. Sure. If you have a showrunner, they're the top. They're at the top of the mountain. They're going to get. They're going to get the flack. Of course, yeah. And I stand by the fact that, on the whole, if I look at Stephen Moffat's tenure on the show, I enjoyed the show less and less as it went on. Yeah. And then Jodie Whittaker came along. Chris Chibnall's obviously had a hand in this as well, mm-hmm. and I would absolutely say that you know, as as the showrunner, he's obviously made decisions that have made me feel this way. But I fell in love with the show again. Yeah. I 
was at the lowest point of my affection for the program when Hellbent came out. Right. Series 10 was an improvement for me and yeah. I enjoyed it because it felt a bit more fun. But Jodie's era just had a bit more of a get up and go thing about mm. it. And I've really liked the fact that as we've matured together yeah. and that this has matured and we're now at this point that we can have these kind of conversations. I think Doctor Who will always, it's always going to change and evolve. Oh, if yeah. you don't like it, you know, you don't need to make a 12 minute video shouting into your USB microphone like we did. Yeah, yeah. We we were doing that. We were, yeah. And, you know. And we cringe about it now. We I cringe about it, it now. Think, oh God, why so do if do I that? see like a 40 something doing it. Yeah. On yes. on on their YouTube channel or on whatever platform they're on, I'm just I make I, I idiot. Look, I mean, look at us. We look at us doing this now. Mm. We love this show. Oh yeah. But it's a TV show. That's it. Turn it off, bro. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. It's cool. Yeah. And I I'm sad that this tenure has been marred mm. in terms of the community yeah. and in terms of the discourse by that sort of reluctance to just not watch it and just. Yeah. You know, it's fine. But yeah. I mean, I find that, you know, sometimes sometimes I do feel like I'm watching this program almost as a sense of duty at times because, you know, it's still my favorite show in the world, all right? It might not be the version of the show that I loved when I was a kid, but it is still part of that whole pantheon of this program and I'm like, well, okay, this is just uh a stale period for me but you know something someone else might come along and it might all change just wait three years <laughs> yeah yeah it does, it's not a long time and you know and we're so lucky doctor who fans really because we oh, get so much stuff you know i know people moan i remember seeing people on twitter complaining like oh there's no doctor who news there's no doctor who news it's like we get all this audio stuff oh. with all of our favorite doctor who's Doing Christopher Eccleston is Doctor Who again. I know. You've got nothing to complain about, yeah. really, in the grand scheme of things. They brought John Hurt back from the dead. <laughs> they brought John Hurt back from the dead. Jonathan Carley, salute to you, sir. Yeah, no, it's amazing. <sighs> you know, I... It's, they, fans will... Ne- we... I, you know, I'm not saying they. Yeah. We, we fans will never be happy. We'll never be happy. And I think just as a... As a, a the most recent comparison, and it just happens to be one of my other loves, let's take He-Man. He-Man has not been a thing, well, since 2002 is when mm. it had its last big revival, and that was a damp squib. I loved it, but it didn't go anywhere. Now we're in 2021, and we've got our first He-Man thing. You know, all right, we had a toy line, but, you know... There's only a couple the- of years difference between Doctor Who going off the air and yeah. then coming back. There was no content. Mm. There was no content. Unless you bought the figures, you had no story. And it was like, well, you know, Doctor Who... Even when it was off the air, books were coming out, comics were being printed, audios were being made. And now we've got these wonderful season box sets of all of our old favourite stories that we can dip into and go, gosh, doesn't Delta and the Bannerman look amazing? Isn't it amazing that we can have these fantastic interviews with Matthew Sweet and Sylvester McCoy, all this new material? And it's just like, but people complain and it just, you know, Christ, we've got Sensorite toys coming out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, I mean, I think we've taken that conversation about it as long as you, and I'm, I'm yeah, I'm annoyed that, that really this era, we have to have a conversation about it's mad, this it? stuff. Yeah. Um, I wonder how people would have reacted if they did the Rosa Parks story and they did Demons of the Punjab 
But Peter Capaldi was still the Doctor. I think people think would people... probably call it... People who don't like it would probably call it quite brave to yeah. do a story like that. Yeah, I think they probably would. I, because... I honestly think it's all framed around the fact that Jodie is a woman. Jodie's a woman. I don't. I think that two that, of the companions were people of color. That and those are all obvious points to make. Yeah, but and, I don't think got, people make that point enough. Yeah, that I think that one of the main issues that certain people have with it is that the Doctor is a woman, mm. and there are more black people or people of color on the TARDIS. Yeah, and I think that's the problem people have with it. Yeah, and then they go, "Oh, I know you're doing a story about this. Oh, well, you're just shoving it down our throats." Um, I I would like to think though that you know in twenty years time maybe not that far away I did see somebody tweet the other day you know I'm looking forward to when everybody goes we want Chibnall back because yeah. there will be people saying yeah, that yeah, that yeah. aren't saying that now yeah I think that this era it's obviously not over yet no and you know we're not going to do like a whole wrap up of what did you make of Jodie no, Whittaker is Doctor Who because yeah. her story's not over yet no, and that's still exciting we've still got yeah. Series 13 to come what is it autumn next year yeah. that she goes so we've got loads and of and we've time got three left. specials yeah. um, I think that her era I get so many callbacks kind of emotionally to Sylve's run yeah and I think that we're going to have another renaissance show yeah um, era with Jodie's and I think it's going to be looked upon with the same sort of fondness. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, you know, Paradise Towers is on par with, you know, Caves of Androzani. It's not going to be like that. <laughs> but I think that people Said are going to no have one that. Ever. <laughs> yeah. I think that people, you know, and there are, you know, obviously deep layers to pull out of things and there'll be, you know, stuff from behind the scenes that mm. we'll find out and that might give us an even deeper appreciation yeah. for it. But I think that genuinely, and I hope that people have that kind of, ah, kind of, yeah. Thigh slapping kind of yeah go on then stick on a Jodie episode yeah. thing about it um, is that damning them with faint praise saying that I don't know no. can you show off your shoes <laughs> can you take one shoe off and show everybody should we get everybody else's opinion um, on this well sorry people who are listening to this on the bus journey to work I'll, do people I'll, go get on the bus to work anymore yeah, I yeah. used to but uh, I'm working from home a lot what do you think of these shoes? They I'm are- more... Do you know the thing that's... Like, I'll, I'll describe it for our viewers at home. They're kind of like uh, Nike blazers, but like kind of mid mid kind of size ones. But he's got steel toe caps on the heel. <laughs> <laughs> just, just hearing you say it made me think, oh, this is ridiculous. The thing that is offending me slightly more... you can, Sorry, you can put it down now. Um, where are your socks? They're on. I've got little... Um, Ankle socks. Ankle socks. No. Yeah, well, I've got... Not with shoes like that. No, I know you shouldn't do, but I, they're the thinnest socks that I've got. And do you want to... Do you want to see how high my socks come up? They're like here. Jeez. Sometimes I pull them up to like here. All right. Because I'm like a kawaii girl <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, right. So uh, let's talk about what you guys had to say on Twitter. You can follow us, of course, at the Review of Death on Twitter. There's an Instagram as well. We have an Instagram. You can yeah. follow us on Instagram oh. at Review of Death. Um, it will be pictures of my shoes of your and shoes. how they degrade. I will. I will post. I'll take a photo of your shoes, and we'll yeah, we'll get updates as we as we go through. I feel like I'm quite sci-fi in them, though. I feel like I've stepped out of Blade Runner or something. I, I honestly wouldn't compliment yourself to that level <laughs> with them. I'm joking. Uh, right. So. 
Um, Conrad uh, Harbert on uh, Twitter. If I butcher anyone's name, I'm really sorry. Uh, really sad to see Jodie go in Chibnall, to be honest. This era was so much more enjoyable than Moffat's and made me fall in love with uh, TV Doctor Who again for the first time since 2013. I do think that Chibnall has had great ideas and maybe haven't been fleshed out enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. This era has put me off. So for me, a change is a good thing and may bring me back. I wasn't a fan of Chibnall's episodes before he took over and just about got through that first season. That's Marty Brezel. Really, I'm trying to get like a wide yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of berth of, of comments here. Uh, my heart stopped when it popped up on my Twitter feed. I love Jodie so much and consider her to be my doctor. I admire and adore Chibnall for having the balls to do things he's done. It hurts to know an era so close to my heart is going, but that's the Doctor Who way in it. Yeah. That's from uh, Sister Musen. Uh, Zuma1979, delighted at Chibnall going. Sorry for Jodie, would like to see her out of the Chibnall cocoon. A lot of people have said that. I think that's my sort of thoughts as well. I think, you know, maybe with a different showrunner. I think Series 12 was a big improvement for her doctor but I think that was just like, it was a bit, a little too late. Do you think series 13 is going to be like Capaldi's series 10? Quite possibly. Where they just like, we've yes. gone both ends of the spectrum yeah. and now we've hit Because I think as well, end. you know, we've also got only two companions as as opposed to three. I think that was a big issue mm. that it was just not, there was just not enough time for these people to do stuff. You know, I know people turn around and say, oh, but it was fine in the 60s, but you had like seven part stories where you could exactly. split them up William Hartnell could go on holiday for a, a week and then Ian could do something or Barbara could take the reins. Jonathan Carley. Hello, Jonathan, friend of the show. Both of them already. You're just getting started. Then I realised Chris would have spent as long in the role as Russell T. Davis wow. by the time he leaves and Jodie would have been the longest serving modern doctor. So time has no meaning. Yeah. Uh, Chris Walker-Thompson, another friend of the show. Disappointed, really. Chibnall, I was happy to see go. I just think they really dropped the ball with this era and it's a huge shame as the first female Doctor could have been superb but the direction and writing really spoiled that casting and amazing visuals from prospering. I I mean, I'd kind of say the directing thing. Mm. I think it's been pretty stellar I think the to be honest. Really good, and yeah. I think that, that uh, you know, obviously the responsibility of the visuals lies with the director ultimately. Yeah. Um, and then uh, at Cyber Chris, our last comment, my initial thoughts were not too fussed about Chibbers, but utterly heartbroken about Jodie. Oh. She still had so much more to give and I uh, and show. Uh, I think they all eventually must move on, but I was hoping she'd stay at least past the 60th. Hope Big Finish is in touch with her agent. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think she could have another kind of rebirth of her character. She, she could have a Colin She could have moment. a Colin Baker, couldn't she? Um, very much so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a very sort of fair spectrum of views. Um, I obviously haven't included people going, going... Not like Ian Levine. Did you see what Ian Levine <clears throat> posted? We don't use that name in, <laughs> in, in this house. Yeah. So, uh, what next, people? What's going to happen next in the world of Doctor Who? Well, yeah. So, we um, have both picked mm. four actors to play the Doctor. I'm going to hide the rest of these notes so you don't see what I've written I down. can't see. My eyesight isn't as good as it once was. You must stop wanking then. Yeah. Um, well, tell me about it. And <laughs> um, Yeah, so we've gone for four Doctors each and we've gone for four showrunners each. These might not be the most imaginative suggestions because, to be honest, I only watch Doctor Who. No, I'm joking. Um, I, you know, I can't really think of too many people off the top of my head now. No. I think... 
what you need to do with a new doctor is take a look at the landscape of performers yeah. and see what kind of actor is going to elevate the show to that yeah. level. Do you want somebody who has done something really worthy recently? Do you want someone who's done a mass popularist show? Mm. Um, I think really you want a mix of both. Yeah. But they're hard to come by. Yeah. I mean, we'll go through some of the names that you guys suggested, but you won't need to be realistic. I, I'm sorry. No, this is the thing. I The Guardian posted a thing and my, my uncle sent it to me and was like, oh, Ollie Alexander, he's the favourite to do it. He's the bookie's favourite. And it's like, well, he's, he's not going to do it. He's just launched his musical career again. He's not going to be Doctor Who. Sure. Um, and personally, I don't see him as Doctor Who. Anyway, I know some people do. I literally could not see... Do you know what? I think though, I think the Timeless Children has spun all of that, what you expect the Doctor to be on its head because we don't know how many Doctors there are out there. No. And, you know, even Russell writing, I think, I can't remember which, it was the Target novelization adaptation he did. um, And he was talking about, you know, a girl in a wheelchair with a flaming sword and all that kind of stuff. Look, Doctor Who can be literally anyone and look like anyone. But I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I like. I. I've. I haven't seen Ollie Alexander perform. Shamefully, I have not watched. <gasps> it's a sin. Yeah. I know. Ooh, I know. I know. I've been trying to get my brother to watch it for all year. I've been saying you've got yeah. to watch it. You've got to watch it. Watch it. I'm. I'm you dreadfully sorry. I know. I know. I know. That's probably why I don't really want to watch it. Yeah. When I have a spare it's, moment it's, to myself, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's yeah. really heartbreaking. Um, Do you want to go? Should we go a doctor pick each back and forth? Yeah. So how many? So so how many? Have you got four? Four. So I've got five. Okay. And I also have four unlikely extras. Like people who I would quite okay. like to see as Doctor Who, but I know... Ultimately. Ultimately, that's probably never going to happen. I, th- I wonder if how many are on the list that people submitted. Yeah. Now, so- I mean, and this was the thing. I kept seeing people suggest actors, and I was like, oh, actually, they would be really good. Mm. You know, people that I hadn't thought of. Yeah. And I think actually looking at my list... There's a name on here that probably, I think his time has passed. Actually, a couple, to be honest. But they were just people that I've always wanted to be. Okay. So here's, here's Matt's list of 40-plus-year-old um, white men who he'd like to take over the How role. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Uh, so my top pick, because he's always been my top pick, Tom Hollander. Mm-hmm. I think we've had lots of dashing young male doctors... And, you know, Jodie is a dashing young female doctor. And Peter Capaldi was a dashing old doctor. There's a lot of dashing. And they're all tall and, you know, nice silhouettes. And I just think it would be nice to go back to that impish doctor. We need a doctor that looks like they smell a bit. Yeah. No offence, Mr. Hollander. But I think he'd be a superb. I think he's got the look. Watching him... I mean, I've seen him in lots of different stuff. Watching him in Rev was what really <clears throat> sold him for me. Because I was like... I, I, I'd- Obviously, seen him. Yeah, but when you mentioned him the first this years ago, you yeah, mentioned this him. Yeah, donkeys years ago. Yeah, um, like, I think it was when Matt Smith was going. I was like, Tom Holland would be great because he can do the humour and he can do the pathos and all of that stuff. I think mm. he'd just be really good. He is an all round, yeah, great actor. Yeah, because Jonathan actually said it to me the other day. He was like, "Oh, we should get like a little small Doctor again, like Troughton or McCoy." And I said, "Well, I always want Tom Hollander." And he was like, "Oh God, yeah, he'd be really good." I think we'd. Yeah, I think. I think. If you're going to go down the route of having another male doctor, which I, I personally don't think that should I don't be the think, case next. I don't think, yeah, this is, I should, yeah, preface this. that yeah. I, I am not saying that I think the next doctor should be a white man by any means. These are, these are just names of 
people that I would like to see play Doctor Who at some point. Yeah. Um, I think really the next Doctor will definitely be, if not a woman, mm. um, a person of colour. Um, yeah. And I think that's about time. Yeah. Really? I think you're right. Overdue. Um, I'll, I'll get one out of the way. Because... Although we've had Joe Martin. Yeah, well... But, but I mean, like a, like a... I don't want to say a proper Doctor, but, you know, like a proper... Yeah. Leading Doctor. Uh, like, well, what you're saying is Jodie regenerating into somebody. Exactly, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll get one of them out of the way, uh, which is Joe Martin. It's top of my list. Right, okay. So Joe Martin is on my list of unlikely Doctors. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, as much as I would adore her to be the Doctor, because she's... So, I was sold on her. She only had to say a few lines, and I was like... You have sold me on the doc- on you as the Doctor more than Jodie did in her first year. She sold me more on being the Doctor more than more than anyone, to be honest. I always have to have two or three episodes. Yeah. Uh, even with somebody who looks like they're just naturally the Doctor, like Peter Capaldi. Yes. Um, yes, that's true. Cause I, I understand how the optics of that, comparing an old white man naturally looking at yeah. like the Doctor to Joe Martin, but I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... No, but obviously at that point... Like no. Christopher, Christopher Eccleston, when I look at him, I don't see Doctor, the Doctor Who. Yeah. I see the Ninth Doctor. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's always something. I'll, I'll get over it, and I am getting over it more because we're seeing much more of him now. Yeah. So I am appreciating him in a whole new light. So yeah, I'll just get yeah Joe Martin out of the way. She's top of my list. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would love her. The reason why she's on my unlikely Doctors is because I think, you know, a new showrunner coming in, they wouldn't want such a strong plot link to something from the Chibnall era. Well, I mean, we would, know... Would the BBC be like, oh no, that's a that's something from that time. We want this to be fresh and new. And, and I think do- that's what Doctor Who should be. Yeah. I don't think Doctor Who should linger on the past too much. Yeah. Which is hilarious, considering what happened at the end of Series 12. I know, I was just about to say, hmm. Mm. Um, right, let's go for another one of yours, okay. Matt. Uh, so my second Doctor who I think would be superb, and I um, I, I just love her, Tina Miller. Mm-hmm. She would be amazing. Watching her in Years and Years and then in Haunting a Blind Mama, oh, brilliant. Yeah. She's just, yeah, there's just something about her. Um, and that's what you need, is you, yes. you need, I've always said to Stella, and this is probably a really poor analogy, but I've always said, if you went into a bar or any kind of social setting and there's somebody in there that you just can't take your eyes off of, yes. not because they're beautiful mm. or because of what they're wearing, but there's just a thing around them yeah. where you are immediately drawn to them on screen, that, or in, in real life, that to me is the sparkle yeah. that every actor who plays the Doctor needs to have around them. And I think we've been pretty lucky in the fact that every person that's played the Doctor has had that yeah. in some capacity. I think that's a great pick. Yeah. Um, my next pick um, is Harry Melling. Oh, I don't know who that is. I, I forget if he's Harry great Melling. or great, great, but he is... Oh, Patrick Pat Trout- Troughton's. Yes. Because, I mean, he's in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. So he's, you know, seasoned with doing something that's recognisable. Maybe he wouldn't want to touch it as a result. Mm. I'm an actor in my own right. I don't need a logo over my head wherever I go. Yeah. But I first saw him acting outside of that realm in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I think oh, it was yeah, Sp- Scruggs or Scraggs, um, the Coen Brothers movie that was on Netflix. And I was looking at him and I was like, God, I know it's you from Harry Potter, but there's something in your face that mm. I'm just, there's something. And I felt that without realizing your Pat's 
yeah. relative, your Pat's, you know, um, great-grandson or great-great-grandson or whatever. Since then, I've just, anything he's done, I've just been like, let's check it out. Yeah. And I think he's a fantastic performer. I think he's got that impish quality. Yes. But he's young enough as well that if you want to stick him on the cover of a magazine and sell a lot of copies, you can do that with him. Yeah. Um, and he's young. And I think that this is the thing with a lot of the picks that we saw coming to us on Twitter and a lot of the suggestions we've seen both in the mainstream media and within the fandom. You really have to consider who is going to want to mm. spend three years of their life living in Cardiff. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not putting down Cardiff. No, no, no. But when you could spend five years grafting in LA yeah. with that sunshine and with all those connections out there, yeah. you know, I mean, it might all change when, is it Shepparton or Pinewood that are building a new oh, yeah. studio in, 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 in South Wales? Let's have another one from your list. Uh, another one from me. So my third pick was Vicky McClure from Line of Duty. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I think she would be amazing. She's, you know, a fantastic actress. Yeah. She's obviously leading lady material from many, many things. Yeah, I think she'd be really good. Cracking pick. And she hasn't done any sort of comedy stuff that I've really seen. I don't think I've seen her do any comedy stuff. So I think that Can might be... Can you bring a photo of her on your phone? Because I, I think I know who you're talking about, but I just want to um, be doubly sure. Because I, I have... If it is who I'm thinking of, I have seen her do comedy and she's quite good. So it might be Apologies, the sort of thing everybody. where she's like, I'm sick of playing um, police angry police women or whatever I oh know. right gosh i mean imagine that face in a title sequence exactly you know she's is yeah <sighs> there you go she'd be good she'd be very good she's um she's got the look she does and the talent to do it um my third pick is um himish patel himish patel now um i first saw him when i was a religious viewer of eastenders right played tamwa in eastenders i think it was tamwa um, anyway, he was involved in, in a couple of really great storylines um, on the show. And it sh- he, he kind of played this nerdy outsider. People will know him more recently for being in Yesterday, that awful... No, okay. I, 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 it's not an awful movie, but I'm not. I'm a Beatles fan and I, I thought it was a massively missed opportunity as a, as a concept. Um, he's young. Yeah. He's just been in yesterday, so I mean, he probably wants to steer more towards, I'm going to be in movies now. Yeah. But I think that if you treat Doctor Who like an event serial going forward, which I think is probably what's going to happen now. It needs to go that way, isn't um, it? Like, you know, everybody goes crazy when The Mandalorian comes out. Yeah. Nobody's doing that for Call the Midwife. No. And I think Doctor Who is still being produced in that That box. bubble, isn't it? Yeah. But I think, he's, I think he's young. I think he's got a great look. He can do that kind of socially inept awkwardness that I think all doctors need to have a layer of, even yeah. if it's, you know, David Tennant being overly chummy and overly whatever. I think all doctors need to have that level. And he was very much played as a as an outsider and a, and a, and a loner and a nerd in yeah. EastEnders. And I think that in Yesterday, he's sort of doing that, but he's also... He's also quite charming. He's also quite funny. He's quite devious in it as well. Mm. Do you know the plot of the movie? No. So he basically, um, he's a musician, struggling musician. He has a bike accident, wakes up, and the entire world have forgotten about the Beatles. Right. But he still remembers all their songs. It's your nightmare, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, So he goes out and he basically plays all their tunes and plays them off as his own. Right. Cost 
60 million or something ridiculous to get the rights to the Beatles songs. It was a Whoa. mental amount of money. It was Jesus crazy. Um, it wasn't worth it, honestly. No, oh, really? I would much rather just have another documentary like the... Um, I was talking about the Beatles. We shouldn't be. He's great. Okay. I think he'd be fantastic. And I think he's at that... I, everybody I tried to pick, you're at the right stage of your career, regardless of what your age is, yeah. where I think this would be a good a good thing for you to do. And it kind of makes sense. So th- this guy isn't... Um, this is just reminding me of someone else that came to me this morning, actually, mm. um, because Big Bang Theory was on the TV. And you didn't watch it, did you? I didn't watch it, okay. no. But the guy who plays Raj, Kunal Nayar, he is an excellent actor. Is he? He is brilliant. Now, obviously, you watch Big Bang Theory. You you know. No, we, if, no you don't. <laughs> yeah, you know that sort of performance, and yeah. you think. Very broad. Yeah, why on earth would you think him as Doctor Who? But I saw him in that crime series that is on Netflix, uh, where it's all in an investigation room, and it's just literally people talking across the table. I have not seen that. It's brilliant. It's really good. Was that his kind of watershed? That was the moment where I saw him. I was like, what? He's going to play like a, a horrible man. What? He was excellent. Okay. And I thought, you've got layers to you that people aren't privy to and i think it would be the sort of casting where people would go what in from big bang theory watch it and go bloody hell he's really good and i also think that across the pond because i think we need a name that everyone is he knows. Is, is he british he's english okay, he's a british cool. actor right. yeah yeah yeah. so you know uh yeah i think the you know the american audience would go oh my god it's raj off of big bang theory he's doctor who and then they'd watch it and be like oh, wow actually he's He's really good. Can you imagine what Hall 8 should be like at Comic-Con? Oh my God, I would yeah. N- oh, I mean... I mean, this is the thing. Obviously... I do not want to mix with you people. <laughs> <laughs> I was never one of you. I was never I one was of you. I paid to act like you. <laughs> um, that is probably why he wouldn't do it. He probably has... You know, that ran for like 10 years, Big Bang Theory. Mm. And, you know, he's probably like, I don't want to do something that another merchandisable franchisey thing. Same reason I think Harry Melling is a, I think is a good pick, but yeah, probably wouldn't want to be anywhere near a yeah. big franchise ever again. I mean, it's the trouble is there's just so many good people that you see and you think, oh, they'd be good as Doctor But isn't that great? Yeah. You can just play fantasy. Exactly. Uh, my next one, I don't know why he's on this list because he will never do it. Or he'll never be asked to do it. But back, say, 10 years ago, he would have been brilliant. Julian Reintut from Green Wing. Yes, yeah. He had the look. Uh He's charming. He does comedy. He does, you know, drama. Yeah. I think he would have been a really good doctor. And actually, I saw him in some... He was in this Delia Derbyshire documentary. Oh, right. And I was watching it. I was like, you know what? You know, you're you're a bit older, Mm -hmm. but I would still like to see you do the part. Fair enough. Um. But again, I think he's probably maybe that little bit older now that they would probably wouldn't ask him. And you have to take that into consideration. Yeah. Because you're not just casting a character. Yes. You're casting a... It's a brand, isn't it? You're casting a brand. (laughs) You you are Doctor Who. Wherever you go, when you're on Graham Norton, people have to look at you and go, it's them off Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, And my last pick is um, an actor who... uh, it's a show that I never would have watched unless Stella, my other half, would have, was interested in watching it. Because it's totally not the kind of show I would have watched. But I watched it and, you know, it's good fun. I'd recommend people go and watch Poldark if they have the chance to go and watch it. Okay. Um, 
But my pick is um, Eleanor Tomlinson. Right. I don't know them. Have a look. Because in the show, she starts off as this kind of very... It's, it's basically a My Fair Lady sort of situation when she comes into the show. Okay. Um, I forget the name of her character and I watched... I, I literally said it the other day um, to my other half. And then she kind of, you know, she starts to read and write and, and you know, learn how to be a lady and all this kind of stuff. But there's this wonderful... Um, rebellious streak right. in her. And I love the Doctor as a rebel. Yeah. Not a 100% rebel <laughs> Time Lord, that, but yeah. I love the Doctor as a rebel. Um, I think she can do all of it. And I think that you could put her in any costume mm. and she would look totally cool. Um, and I don't know if, actually, it might not be her natural hair colour, but you'll get a redhead yeah, if you, she, you, know, looking, you get yeah, she's, a ginger she's, doc. She's ginger. Yeah. Uh, what's her, uh, can you find out the name of her character? in? Uh, um, she's she's the main, she's Poldark's um, missus in, in Poldark. Poldark's missus. Uh, okay, let's have a look. If you just Google Poldark's missus. Poldark's missus. Anyway. Uh, oh, oh de, 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 Demelza? Demelza, yeah. Demelza. Yeah, Demelza. Demelza, there Demelza from Poldark. Yeah. yeah. And those are my picks. Okay. Um, my, my fifth one, my naughty fifth one, uh, which someone suggested on Twitter. And I thought, mm-hmm. ooh, what a good idea. Gemma Whelan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously now she's... Oh, actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this because it's a big spoiler for something Doctor Who related. She was oh, in Big Finish right, right, doing right. something. Yeah. You know, so she's got she's got a foot in Doctor Who land. I mean, it, it didn't stop them with David Tennant. No, yeah, they did it. So. so you know, I think she'd be very good because uh, I don't know if you saw the inside number nine that she was yes. in. Yes, really good in that. <laughs> yes, that was I an watched excellent that episode. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I was like, you know what? Sold. She'd be really good. Sold. She'd be really good. Um, so I'll quickly flick through my unlikely extras. Unlikely extras. So right. Joe Martin, we've already had uh, Michaela Cole. Yeah. Now I think she'd be brilliant. I agree. For obvious reasons, she's incredibly talented, excellent. But I think the way her career is going, in as much as she's writing all of her own stuff and winning lots of awards for it, I don't think she'd want to go off that trajectory and no. spend three or four years in Cardiff. And also, you're handing your reputation yeah. over to somebody who needs to get it right yeah. for your career. Yeah. And you need to be selfish at that point in your career when you are just yeah. untouchable. Yeah. Yeah, so, so unlikely, but again, yeah, yeah she'd be very good. Would be fabulous, but you know, she's the sort of person you would cast to play another doctor, like like a like a Joe a guest Martin doctor, yeah, because because like, it's like oh, you can come in and do one episode, yeah, operating. Everybody gets to see you as the doctor. Everyone's happy. Yeah, everyone everyone goes home happy. Um, then except the, the people that really like you and you're disappointed. Oh, Joe Martin's definitely not going to be the 14th <laughs> yeah, Doctor, yeah. and they go, oh yeah. god, you know, because I would have put money on it being Joe Martin oh, if Chibnall had stayed. But because he's going, I was just like, nah, she, it won't be her, which is really mm, sad. Yeah, yeah. Because I think there's many ways you could have done it so that she became the next Doctor. I, I, I am still in that kind of hazy honeymoon mindset with her, where mm. I'm just like, why would you not want to cast her? But yeah. then you're like, well, you want to make you, your own impact on the show. That's you want it, to cast your own Doctor. This so. is the trouble. The other one who wouldn't do it, or may not even be asked, Natasha Lyonne. Yeah. I've said it a million times. Now I know this Russian breaks, doll. Russian doll. I know this breaks the don't you can't have someone who isn't British play the doctor. But I don't know. Do we need to get over that now? 
I don't know. I think maybe we do a little bit. I think it's such a selling point for the show internationally that but, they would be daft to. And I'm I'm not doing this as like a the Doctor should never be anything other than British yeah. or you know Scottish or Northern Irish or whatever. I just think it sells the show abroad. The, I think that's the, the, I think the, that's the reason why Brit, you should Brit, probably yeah. keep it that way. I know. I just, she's just so good. Yeah. <laughs> she's just so good. I watch her in Russian Dolls and I'm just like, oh. What if she put on a, a British, British accent? accent? I mean, It's yeah. no different to David Tennant doing it. It's no different really. to David Tennant doing it. So if she can do a good British accent, what I would like to see is if she did do a story is do an episode in New York in yeah, Brooklyn yeah, yeah. and she she comes out with it and her companions are like whoa you'd have to you're really play, good at that. play to their strengths yeah. it's like tooth and claw yeah exactly get David Tennant to get the accent yeah you know you why why wouldn't you um, yeah, but wow. I think she'd be amazing she's got the look yeah brilliant and then my last one uh, is Dan Stevens don't know him so Dan Stevens kind of got well known for a film called The Guest the guest. Yes. So this is is a bit of an action thriller type thing, and I watched that. Watch it. You would not think that man is Doctor Who. Watch him in Legion, the Marvel series, where he plays a man with severe mental health issues and right. he's weird stuffs going on. He's all a bit zany and all a bit frazzled. Yeah. Bloody brilliant. You I watched see the that and I was that. like, you would be a bloody good Doctor Who. Okay. So I think he'd be good. He was also um, the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, that terrible one with Emma oh, Watson. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Okay, I know. Um, yeah, I can see him now. So you know, I've seen that movie. You know, he's 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 quite a good-looking guy. If that's the sort of thing they want to go for, but at the same time, he can play the sort of oh, I'm a bit weird and a bit bonkers sure. type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. The reason why I've put him down as unlikely is that he does do big films and I don't think I've ever seen him do anything telly-related other than stuff like Legion. To kind of kick your career off or like... Yeah, I mean, he did that after he did The Guest and that was like the thing that put him on the map. Yeah. Um, So I don't know, maybe he would. You know, he's had his foot in the sci-fi door with Marvel stuff. He knows what to expect from... He knows what to expect. From the loonies. From the loonies, yeah. Um, great. Yeah, all good suggestions. Uh, I'm going to run through some of the listener suggestions. Uh, should be kept in mind, um, Joe Martin made up about 50% of the submissions. Really? Um, and I, I went for people who had been picked twice or more. So Dev Patel was a Dev name that Patel. I saw. Come on, he's in The Green Knights, I think the movie's oh, called. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That new He'd be movie. good. Again, I think... Too big. Too big. Olivia Coleman. Again... Although she's doing a Marvel thing, but then again, Marvel—it's—it's it's like that's big money. Yeah, it's—it's it's, you that can't like you can't say it's just Marvel because it's Disney. Yeah, now, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's just—it's the biggest thing in the world. Uh, Tilda Swinton. I mean, again, yeah, she'd be brilliant, but it's just—it's almost got to a point with Tilda Swinton that is like she's too obvious. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Enigmatic like, looking. Yeah, you know, it's that same thing. You just your eyes are immediately drawn to her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's she, got that. Bowie, 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 yeah. Bowie, can't believe I said that, Bowie look. To yeah, her. and I think the trouble is she would have been brilliant for a big Hollywood movie relaunch of Doctor Who, but I can't no. see it on the telly. Probably the most realistic choice on this list, I reckon, um, Patterson Joseph. Yeah. Who, if we're led to believe this is the case, was very, very close to being cast as the 11th Doctor. Mm-hmm. And he's come out and spoken about it and he said he at least auditioned for it or yeah, knew so. his name was yeah, being yeah. circulated or something. Um Somebody who was on my list initially, um, and then I changed to Eleanor Tomlinson just because I've seen Eleanor Tomlinson in a bit more. Yeah. Uh, Gemma Chan would be fantastic, I think. Gemma Chan, is she the one who's all... Humans. In the Marvel films. Is she in the Marvel films now? She is, yeah. Oh, God. So she couldn't do it. 
uh, James Gosh, McAvoy. She's stunning as well. Yeah, yeah, she'd be superb. I think she'd be excellent. Uh, James McAvoy. Not yes, happen. oh yeah, James McAvoy was one of my favourite ones as well. As but an unlikely choice. Yeah, I, I, I really like him. When I saw him in X-Men profe- playing Professor X, I thought, ooh, he'd yeah. be good. And he's brilliant in um, Split. And he he is. He, he's, I mean, superb yeah. actor kind of all around. Uh, Michaela Cole, obviously, came up. Um, Idris Elba. Right. And I think I did, these lists just prove that Andy Pryor absolutely earns his money yeah. as casting director because <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not going to spend, you know, three years in Cardiff. Uh, also, thank you to Rob Shearman for suggesting uh, 16-time Nobel Prize nominee uh, E.M. Forster, right. uh, who died who died the day after Inferno episode five premiered on BBC One. Oh, damn. Never mind. Um, uh, so, showrunners. So this is, this is what I think is probably, at the moment with Doctor Who, is probably the most important thing. Yeah. Because I think, you know, obviously the casting is important, but the real bread and butter is, you know, launching the program and taking it Absolutely. into its next step. And we're also going off the assumption that the showrunner model, as we know it from Russell to now, yes. is going to stay the same. Yeah. We could have a conversation all day about whether or not that's, that's the right thing to do. Yeah. But we're going off the assumption it's worked for the last season, 13 seasons. Let's just keep it rolling, yeah. basically. Um, so my first pick, the most obvious pick, I think it was the one that came up the most number of times uh, on the fan submissions as well was Mark Gatiss. He was my personal pick coming out of the Stephen Moffat era. He has obviously got experience show running. My hesitancy towards Mark Gatiss doing it would be I want another Chibnall insofar as we are plowing forward. Mm -hmm. And I think that he is the ultimate kind of fan fans writer. Yeah. You're going to bring back Alpha Centauri for Empress of Mars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we might as well have them on the show full time. So, I mean, he is kind of the most obvious high profile, realistic choice, I think, to take on the job. Okay. In so, terms of, in terms of where his stock is now. Yeah. And in terms of, he could probably be talked round. I mean, it would probably cost, it take a lot of money. Mm. Um, because he probably doesn't want any part of that. He's probably quite happy just appearing on, you know, collection set documentaries now, and that's cool. But um, I think he's probably the safest pair of hands that you could give the show to if you just want the show to just come out and, you know, do its thing. And yeah. So for my list... I'm not saying he's number one, by the way. I'm just saying... No, no, no. So for my list, I did my utmost to avoid Doctor Who fans. Cool. Um, And that's the best thing. Because I think... I we've, haven't been quite as imaginative as that. I'm we've afraid. had that. Yeah. And I think maybe now is the time that we have a Barry Letts or a Philip Hinchcliffe. People that know the programme mm. and, you know, will revere it and go, oh, okay, you know, this the, the, it means a lot to a lot of people. It is a massive institution, but aren't necessarily, like you said, let's bring Alpha Centauri back. Right. You know, if I turned around to some of my people and said, oh, Alpha Centauri, they'd be like, ooh. Sure. Exactly. And I think maybe that's what we need. I think uh, out of the box thinking. And, and I've got one. My last pick came to me in the shower. <laughs> Wonderful. Most of mine came when I was having my ablutions. I've got to be honest. Contrary to everything that I've just said, <laughs> at the top of the list is Pete McTeague. Now, the reason why I've said Pete McTeague, I think he is the most likely shoe in because he's re- working on the program now. He is a new voice. Mark Gatiss, brilliant, but I think. As far as I'm concerned, that feels that would be like almost like getting 
Terence Dix to come back and do Doctor Who in 2005. I agree. And he is my top realistic pick yeah. to do it. He's also got a lot of experience doing completely unrelated things with Wentworth Prison. He did this um, most recent series on the BBC. I didn't watch, but Mum and Johnny did. And they said it was excellent and it did incredibly well ratings-wise and might have won some awards. And yeah, I think those sorts of things will be looked at and go, hmm. But he also is a Doctor Who fan. He knows the programme. Now, my concern with that is, is Kablam, I thought was okay. Praxius, was that the, or yeah. Praxis, whatever it was Praxius, called? Praxius, yeah. I did not like at all. Really? No, I really, I, I, when I rewatched it, I didn't even get to the end. I turned it off. I was just like, no, I'm not feeling okay. this. Um, that would be my concern. But I, I keep trying to tell myself, well, he's writing for another showrunner. We don't know what his version of Doctor Who would be like. Exactly. Um, and then you have to consider that with all of these picks. You know, exactly. Even ones that um, are kind of outside the box. I, I mean, we all said that about Chris Chibnall, you know. Oh, we haven't seen his Doctor Who. Mm. But, I mean, his Doctor Who you know, probably was about as good as some of the stuff that he wrote. Had written before. Yeah, I don't think it, it wasn't elevated. He hasn't written. He, I mean, he didn't write a blink before coming on. No. And he still hasn't. Yeah. That could change. Yeah. And I sincerely hope it does. Yeah. You know, as much as I like this run and you know i'd say some of the stories are like i mean some of my favorites of the last yeah i mean obviously 20 years say what you will about Stephen moffat he had some bloody good pedigree coming off of, you know outside of doctor who as well but then just for doctor who oh uh, yeah you know empty child brilliant blink brilliant you know yeah. it was and then he obviously did do some incredibly good stories afterwards, afterwards. and maybe he should have just stuck to, to just doing that yeah that's the that's the thing again this is my fantasy um you know, you've paid him all the money in the world to move to Cardiff to do this. Charlie Brooker. He's on my list, so yeah. I think that he has, and this is the, the reason I picked him is not because he done Black Murray, he good at writing sort of thing. <laughs> I picked him because when was the last time you were genuinely frightened by Doctor Who? Well, yeah, that's it, isn't it? I think he could produce some serious squeaky bum time moments. I think he'd be really and, good. And in that kind of, again, twisted Black Mirror, oh, my phone's going to kill me sort of thing. Yes, yeah. Um, which, you know, I know that that's... Uh, Black Mirror is such an omnipotent program. It's kind of... Black Mirror... Uh, this is a complete aside, sorry. Black Mirror and Rick and Morty, I think they exist in the same um, Ouroboros. Yeah. Snaking its own tail. Yeah. It gets to a point where even people that like it are like oh, my phone's going to kill me in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, everybody who watches Rick and Morty, you know, I, I've, I've watched like, the first two seasons and I was like, I'm mentally checked out of the show. Right. But like everybody who watches it is like, you know, oh, Rick's going to say something that's going to go on a t-shirt. Yeah. And, oh, no, Rick. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, you know what it's going to be like. Um, Charlie Brooker, I think, would make Doctor Who genuinely frightening again. Yes. And I think that, yes, you know, you need good plots. You need strong characterization. Um, you need um, a nice through line through the series or whatever. But Doctor Who has not frightened me. I know I'm, you know, a 25-year-old man, but I think you can still be... I was just to say, well, you're 30, but no, you're not. No, I'm you're not. The, yeah. And keep <laughs> I, I, telling yourself I, I, I'm the old one here. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, he, he could write some genuinely frightening television. I think he knows exactly what to do to yes. frighten kids. Yeah. I think he knows exactly what to do to frighten parents. Yeah. I think he knows exactly what to do to frighten Doctor Who fans, uh, except maybe, you know, 
put a member of the opposite sex in front of them or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he's yeah he he's multi leveled like like you're saying. I yeah. think he, yeah he would be brilliant. And he was was he approached to do one during Stephen Moffat's time? A story, I think. And I think he just said, "I'm too busy." I don't yeah. think he even entertained the idea yeah. or submitted an idea. I yeah. think he was just, "I can't do it." But I think he did say it would be something that he would like to do. I do you think he, has... he would like to helm another show again or do you think he's like, I'm going to do a movie now? This is it, isn't it? It, it? it depends. Where are they all in their careers? That's it. That's the trouble, you know. Is Black Mirror in production? I, I mean, know. it's probably been renewed for like 11 new seasons. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Um, but yeah, he would be excellent. He'd be excellent because he's, he's, you know, on, on so many levels, the scariness, the, the zeitgeistiness, the comedy. What makes Doctor Who great yeah he'd do cliffhangers yeah he'd structure it so that it felt like his doctor who but he also knows how to write modern television that's yeah. captivating and gets people talking yeah i think he he is probably the best known showrunner that yeah. hasn't been involved in doctor who yeah to take over the show yeah and like i said sadly probably probably will never happen and maybe give it 20 years yeah maybe maybe once he's you know you know, I'm just going to take it Netflix's easy. Classes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe he's, I mean, there's probably some kind of exclusivity thing with Netflix yeah. and he's got his own production company. Although he and, did do the stuff for the BBC, doesn't he? He still does um, Charlie Booker's, he did COVID the, the, wipe but, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but that, I mean, and I, cause I, I adore all the wipes. Yeah. They're always a highlight yeah. of me for, for, for like the year that they come out. Mm. And I, I go back and watch them religiously. Um, they have significant. I mean, it might as well just not have done the COVID thing. Really, like for yeah. as long as he hasn't done a show. Yeah. Um, I think that rightly his priorities are with his baby. Yeah. Um, being the show and yeah. his real life babies as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is funny because when he did Doctor Who on Charlie Booker on his screen wipe, he was like, "And I hate kids." <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he'd be a good showrunner. Scare the buggers to death. That's what they used Absolutely. to say. Absolutely. My next one, again, unlikely. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. I know people say, oh, she'd be a good Doctor Who. I don't see her as the Doctor. I, I yeah. I yeah. see her, I I could see her voice more. Now, part of it, I, you know, Killing Eve was excellent, that first series that she, she helmed. I do worry that maybe it'd be a bit moffaty because I think Killing Eve had a bit of a moffatiness. The way that the characters talk and that sort of... There's almost like a knowing. That's twinkle. why I didn't put Neil Cross on this list because right. Luther yeah. suffered from the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that towards would necessarily... the end. And I, th- <clears throat> so, you know, I don't know if that'd be a good thing or not. But I think you know she helmed you know one of the most watched, most talked about programs in the last however many years. You know, I, I yeah, I think she'd be good because she's got the comedy element she'd be a bit Dougie Adams I think yeah. I think she'd have that sort of there's an know, observational thing in there yeah you know she would a wink and a sort of to the audience yeah you know I think she would be able to look at it and go like like I said venerate it but maybe poke a little bit of fun at it yeah. at the same time I think um, then, and then I think that you know we need someone to be realistic about this show yeah, you yeah. know it, it's it's nothing would would disappoint me more than a worthy Doctor Who yeah. A mightier than now, sort of, you know, we're going to play this really straight. It's yeah. like, no, you need someone to come in and make it daft and put silly costumes on. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. My final pick is my sort of wild card. And again, I think relatively realistic. Whether or not he'd want the job, I don't know. Uh, if he's watching, apologies if you start getting notifications. James Goss. Oh, yeah. Because I think that he showed so much promise with Time Lord Victorious. Yeah. And I think he's written some fantastic stuff independently of that for Big Finish and, yeah. and other kind of um, avenues as well. I just think 
he's got the capacity to to do that. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, I think that'd be very good. Um, again, whether or not he's yeah happy I mean, to do that or he's happier doing alternative media stuff he doesn't yeah. want to get too involved in the show itself yeah or maybe he just wants to put his fingerprints all over it or whatever yeah I, but i just think that he has shown to me uh a sort of it's saying that he's the kind of creative head of the time victorious thing yeah maybe that's all i'm going off of yeah but it's the first time we've had somebody who's come forward who's written doctor who stuff before not for television mm. but was also involved in a lot of foundational stuff for this sort of yeah era you know with bbc online i'm sure he did a lot of stuff with the bbc doctor who website yeah, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. and writing stuff for that um so he's got pedigree for, for it and yeah. I, I think he understands the show at a level that maybe other showrunners haven't where uh, russell did yeah but the show is multi-layered. The show is multifaceted in terms of approaches you can take, merchandising, yeah. you know, God, when Russell was doing it, we had spin-off shows, you know, Totally Doctor Who, obviously, and then the Doctor Who Confidential and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think that he could bring some of that spark and flair back into the show in that sort of capacity, I think. I really should have put this one with Phoebe Waller-Bridge, really, because I think they're sort of the same sort of typo. Emerald Fennel. Who I saw that name come up. Yeah, so she times. did the second series of Killing Eve. Yeah. And she also just did Promising Young Woman, which was excellent. Yes. Uh, and again, it's that same sort of flavour. I think, mm. you know, it would be humorous, but there would also be like a like darker undertones. There's an undercurrent of, of yeah, stuff to and it, I think yeah. Both of them, I think that's, you know, probably why, I think they're actually good friends. Um, right. And I think that's why that Phoebe Waller-Bridge suggested her to do right. Killing Eve 2. But my my really random pick, and this is random, and I just it just I was in the shower and I thought, huh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, I mean he's he's done he's, He Man. He's just done He Man. Now obviously he's American. We mm-hmm. haven't had an American writer before. I know he likes Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. He is a Doctor Who fan, but he's not like a Doctor Who fan like yeah. some of the other names that we've had on this Professional list. Professional fans. Yeah. I think seeing what he did with He-Man, which was a franchise that he knew about and, you know, knew enough about, and then went, okay, well, why don't we take this and do this with it? But with He-Man, he, just to clarify, he wasn't like your level of like, oh, I'm a He-Man nut. No, 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 not he at all. Just, did not he watch it as a kid and it was part of his childhood? And no, like- no, I mean, I think he, he sort of said that more later in the promotion for the programme, but... In other interviews that he did many years ago, he was right. like, oh, fucking He-Man was, you know, stupid and had, you know, one good villain in it, Skeletor. Stephen and they wasted Moffat him. said that about exactly. Doctor Who. And I what think- did he say? He put a, a magazine, Doctor Who magazine in between porn yeah, magazine yeah, pages? Yeah, to- yeah, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, so I think he'd be good. Seeing, yeah, seeing what he's done with He-Man and he's clearly looked at the whole, the, the whole franchise as a whole and gone, oh, this is really cool. This is really cool. This is really cool. But how about we do this with it? Right. And he's taken stuff from the lore and put it in very different directions. And as a fan, I've gone, huh, that's really good. Yeah. And I think he'd be quite good at that. I think he'd be like, oh, well, these things are cool. Why hasn't anyone done this sort of a story? Sure. Now, I know some people are probably going to hear that and be like, well, he's American. Uh, our people Sacrilege. might say he's a massive stoner and he's probably going to be half-baked when he writes it. But hey, if it works for him... If it, if it was, you know, and I, I think I said, I said this to Jonathan, I said, um, you know, we had the San Diego Comic Con thing with Jody, and I felt that was a really 
that was very poorly handled that whole panel and i said to him i was like i'm more excited about this about when the next five episodes of he-man are coming out than i am about doctor who which is crazy that's a uh, yeah um and i think it was that that made me think well if he can do that for he-man and you know venerate it but take it somewhere it's never been before why not doctor who fabulous i think that's a great pick i think i I think i think is somebody who is outside of the box yeah and somebody who would understand the culture behind it very much so and I think that is that is something that's quite important in terms of picking the next showrunner. And it, as you've said, it's kind of top of your list in terms of things that you want to see. I, I don't want to see a card-carrying Doctor Who fan yeah. as the showrunner anymore. I want to see somebody come in and, like you say, go, what's that that promo photo from 1970s? That's a cool-looking monster. What's their, what's yeah, their what's deal? That? Yeah. Can we do a story with them yeah. or whatever? Um, because the Doctor's universe is so much more than the last 60 years. Yeah. It, and it, it has the capacity to be. Big Finish has, has done that uh, by bringing in new writers and so on. And I think, yeah, absolutely the right thing to do is go for somebody who's not sort of part of that of that ethos. Or what What's what was the thing that um, Philip Morris that liked to say? The Fitzroy Tavern lot. The Fitzroy Tavern <laughs> Let's get away from that. Um, listener suggestions for showrunner. First one, Toby Whithouse. Right. I would have put Toby Whithouse on the top of mine, uh, but I didn't. Um, I mean, he he was the showrunner for uh, Noughts and Crosses, which I think has just been renewed oh, for yeah. a second series, which was superb. Yeah, I, I didn't finish watching that. I, I really, really loved it. it. And, and the thing, I enjoyed it as well, yeah. The reason, and obviously he's done being human and stuff. The yeah. reason that I liked it and thought he would be a good pick is just because there was such a, 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 a rigidity mm. to the product and yeah. to the to the um production it you know there's lots of shows where i can see the seams behind it but it just had a look yeah and it it felt real and it was a it was real life breathing sort of like environment and i don't know how much of that is down to him obviously they had an incredible uh production design department on it yeah um and i i think again probably a very safe pair of hands and has written you know school reunion vampires of venice god complex uh, tangled mercy under the Lake Before the Fly from the Lie of the Land. Interesting, he's only written one two-parter. That's the only yeah. kind of time we've seen that. And I think it's good to know we can have a showrunner that can write two-part stories or multiple-part yeah. stories. Uh, Mark Gates, of course, came up. Charlie Brooker, Neil Gaiman. Again, yeah. Not, not going to happen. No. Give it another 20 years, maybe. Um, Mike, uh, J. Michael Straczynski, guy who did Babylon 5. Oh, yeah, his name Because he said that he wants to do it. Well, I mean, I've never ever seen that program but but to me and correct me if i'm wrong viewers babylon 5 is the show that doctor who fans look at and go you're a nerd oh really i feel that because it again it seems quite worthy to me worthy sci-fi i haven't seen it but from the outset it's just like you've got a guy with like you know um next generation alien makeup on that kind of ridge look I, i haven't seen next generation so um but it's got that look to it okay but like you're not kind of again doing that kind of wink nudge yeah this is a bit silly sort of yeah, thing yeah, yeah. it just seems very kind of pothest yeah. sci-fi i think that's what peter capaldi said didn't he in that interview the other day he said something about oh you know it's nice doing this suicide squad film because it's like got m- all the money in the world behind it whereas with doctor who you know a cyberman will be walking along and it bits will fall off of him but that's part of the charm of the program of you know and you you that's why we love it. I always think of that David Maloney quote, though, from Doctor yeah. Who Night, of that, you know, I don't want it to come back as a multi-million pound thing, cheap and cheerful, like it used to be. I yeah. think that's a lovely sentiment. And yeah. I think that it can force people to be very creative mm. in those moments as well. Reece Smith and Steve Pemberton. 
Oh my God, yeah, they'd be great. I don't think they'd want to do it. No. Um, but great picks. Yeah. Um, Nick Briggs. Nick Briggs, yeah. Safest pair of hands humanly possible. Yeah. Jamie Matheson. Jamie Matheson. Mummy on the Orient Express, oh, flatline, yeah, 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 the yeah, girl yeah, who yeah, died yes, in Oxygen. Yeah. Oxygen, massively underrated story in my yeah, opinion. I think that is a bloody great episode of Doctor Who. Um, and obviously Flatline. Oh yeah, I love Flatline. Brilliant. I yeah. know you like Mummy on the Orient Express. I like Mummy on the Orient Express. I know you were a bit not, not so keen. Personally. Yeah. Um, Maxine Alderson. Yes. Yeah. Um, Vinay Patel. Yeah. Pete McTeague. Pete McTeague was the name that came up the most. The most yeah. And I think it's really, really interesting... And something else to mention about Pete McTeague is obviously he's written all the collections, the collection stuff. teasers, right? Yeah. I think the first, the, the Teagan one, yes, because that was the first one, was the yeah. one for series uh, season twelve. No, um, but interesting that those last three names and they were the names that came up the most on the submissions, all from, all from the Chibnall era. Yeah, and I think you know, it, as we kind of wrap it up, I think you know, obviously the main portion of this has been talking about them leaving the program, Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. If there's anything to take away from Chris Chibnall's time on the programme that has been a massive positive, it's that we've got three people that have come into this space and you think, do you know what? They could they could do that. Yeah. And they've they've had two seasons yeah. worth of content and they've they've impressed people so much because but- they have felt like a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. that people have come into it and gone. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's give them the job. Yeah. And like for me, like especially Maxine Alderson, like if, if she can write stories as good as that haunting of uh, Villa Diodati or whatever it's called bloody hell yeah great perfect yeah literally we've been talking for so long the cleaners have turned up yeah which you can hear in the background it's it's half past eight half past eight okay so I actually thought it was nine o'clock and I thought my god this is like a three hour podcast do you feel better about that now I do yeah I, I was sort of Oh, oh, sigh of relief I was like we're, we're going to get told off this no long. no no it's all good um, so yeah um, that you know this is this has been this I really yeah. hope you enjoy- I've had a this has been really good really, god really- I've missed talking about Doctor Who I feel I feel more pumped about Doctor Who now that we've done this than the Comic Con panel than the Comic Con <laughs> I really do yeah 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 well you know this is something that we're really really hoping to kind of carry on yeah and the idea is to continue with the review of death in this format yes when you'll see us next, not sure. No. Ideally, we'd like to see you in two weeks' time. Yeah. Um, and keep up to date with the Review of Death social media, Twitter and Instagram to see what goes on there. Um, as we said, it's going to be fortnightly. Mm-hmm. Is the idea going forward. When Series 13 comes out, you'll get our instant reaction. Hopefully, the idea is you'll get it the Monday morning. Yes. So that if you are commuting in, you can hear what our opinions and thoughts are yeah. on it from there. And I suppose the only other thing left to say is what we're going to be doing in the next episode so we are going to be doing the twin dilemma as uh, voted for as voted for i'm going to get the results okay so um, the, basically the idea was when we were talking about this was when we first started the review of death we were we started off looking at stories that people you know we liked but didn't necessarily have like a, a high regard in fandom uh death of the daleks was, the first one that's a perfect yeah. example and then i think we were sort of talking about it and it was like well why don't we go backwards through that DWM 500 stories plot, yeah. which I know is out of date now because obviously we've had all of Peter Capaldi and now Jodie Whittaker, um, but it's just a good sort of starting point. And I think we've talked enough about Capaldi and Jodie as it's We've covered their entire run. Yeah, so I don't think we need to talk about no. them anytime soon. And obviously we've still got new Jodie stories to talk about um, as they come out. Uh, so yeah, we're going to go backwards and we're going to reassess the stories that people don't necessarily like that much. Exactly. Or episodes... The idea now is, I guess, to find 
the positives the in good. stories. So yeah. what we've done is we've gone to the bottom of that that 2014 DWM poll. Yep. 2014 is when we started this. Yes, I know. That. Yeah, mad. Um, seven years ago. Seven years ago. Um, high five, bud. Ugh. Nicely done. Um, Don't high five me too hard. I got a pee badly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say COVID, but I'm in exactly the same boat. Um, yeah, so we, we asked you guys on Twitter to pick between Time of the Rani, Fear Her, and The Twin Dilemma. Yep. The idea behind it would be the episode that gets the least number of votes is the episode that we will review. And that is the format kind of going forward. Yep. So the one that gets the least amount of love, we're going to be showing some love on the review of death. So The Twin Dilemma is the first episode that we're going to be doing. And I think that's a very apt one because obviously we are now preparing to say goodbye to a doctor and say hello to a new doctor. And it's a couple of years off yet, really. But it's in the atmosphere so it'll be interesting to see absolutely um, and, and also you know I know that I think it's it's changed now but the, the whole Sylv thing being like well that's the kind of most divisive and all yeah. Doctor Who fans didn't like that one did they yeah I think Colin's first series yeah now looking back at season 24 with the Blu-ray release mm. is probably the messiest first season yeah for any Doctor yeah and there's some highlights in there one of my favourite episodes of all time is in that season in, in Vengeance on Varos yeah um, and then they've, the twin dilemmas in there as well. Oh, well, that's technically the end of the last season. No, I know, I know, but, but I'm, that, I'm trying to think yeah, of that yeah, yeah. whole. I mean, you got time lash in there, I, exactly. Um, and Mark of the Rani, which I, I've mentioned it like twice now, yeah. so it, I, inevitably that's so going to be people are going to be like, nobody vote time of the Rani, so it, they talk about time of the Rani. Exactly, uh, Mark, uh, Mark of the Rani. Rani. Sorry. Um, so yeah. That's that. That's going to be the next episode. Um, and then we'll have the poll for the... This is kind of the pilot. So that'll yeah, be episode yeah. one. Episode two, we'll do a new episode. And then, of course, you know, once we get six of the back teeth of reviewing not very good episodes of Doctor <laughs> Who or ones that have been considered to be not very good, we'll do some sidesteps as well. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll go off and we'll do, you know, some spin-off stuff yeah. or we'll take some more submissions from you guys. And if you guys want us to do a cliffhangers video if you guys want us to do another top 10 list yeah. or a tier video or something like that we, the world is our oyster we yeah. can literally do anything we could move this table out of the way and you could see us play the edge of time vr game for oh my god i mean that that would not work <laughs> in a podcasting format no so spotify <laughs> listeners you'll want to get onto the video version of it um yeah it's a really exciting time so we're yeah. we're really excited and happy to be doing this and uh, long may it continue and we hope you all enjoy it as well so let us know what you thought yeah thank you Bye bye. <laughs>